started in, in Dragon and Greenwood Academy. What was your, mm-hmm. your life like at school as a, as a young woman in that area? Oh, I hated school. I couldn't wait to leave. It was disastrous. I went to school to do sport and have fun. Um, I didn't know then, but I'm dyslexic. I couldn't tell the time until I was at the end of sec- primary school. Um, I couldn't tie my laces. I couldn't do mental arithmetic. Um, I really struggled. You know, and don't get me wrong, I had some great teachers who were so kind. Um, I'd sometimes get people to do my work. So I learned very young how to, to manage it and to delegate. manipulate it with some, a delegate. My mother always said I'd be a good manager. Um, so I kind of had, I knew how to, uh, not, I didn't know I had dyslexia or neurodiverse, which I prefer. Um, but, you know, I had some, it was hell. You know, I remember getting put in a, a corner. You know, the big heater, you wouldn't remember, but in Dracorn Primary, there was a big heater in the corner and the teacher made me stand in there and miss two play times just because I couldn't read, read standing up. So that ruined my whole kind of reading out loud for forever. Um, I think it still does, but I, I, I can stand up in public and talk, but it's usually... I, I, you know, um, from the heart or for from the mind. So yeah, it was really hard, and I think it got harder. And and when we went to secondary school, um, I'm, I've always been. I don't know for some reason. Um, I think, for example, I get put in set one for a lot of things, and I'm thinking, why am I here? Because I know I couldn't do it. You know what they were going to do. Um, I ended up in set three and then we get put into remedial in Greenwood Academy and it was really funny if MD's listening it was at Greenwood Academy on the second floor there was a glass room at the end all the other rooms had walls and big doors but they put all the kids in remedial in the glass room and everybody used to walk past and you're like gosh because you want to hide you know that's a kid that can't read the can't write I could read I could write but there was kids in there that couldn't. Um, now I know, you know, more about, um, you know, disability, you know, HD or dyslexia or, or whatever that may be. But then I didn't. But I think because of the love and the support I had at home, and this might come over a little bit arrogant, but I actually thought the teachers that put me there or didn't teach me were crap teachers. So I kind of thought they don't know how to teach me. So they can't be very good at their job because their job is to teach me. So if I can't take that in or I can't do that, they're not doing their job right. And I used to get annoyed because, you know, you had a kind of stigma, you know, of being in that class. I remember me and my friend were called Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you know, but we giggled. But do you know what? It did hurt, you know? And I think when you're told over and over again, not at home, but in, in life, outside life, thankfully I had a, a wonderful stability at home with my mother, um, that you can't do something. You kind of get a bit annoyed, pissed off, I think I'd say. And you think, no, I can do it. And, you know, I'm... I'm of all, I think I was born resilient. I don't know why, but I, I was born resilient. And 
somebody telling you can't do something, I'll either I'll either get somebody else to do it or I'll do it better than anybody else. I love that. That's brilliant. Or, you know, um, if there's a wall in front of me, I'll go through it, around it, or on top of it. And that's, I've kind of always been like that. So I'm very lucky and I was quite sporty. But yeah, it was, it was I felt disrespected. Um, I felt um, judged, you know, by your peers, because they would, because you could see you sitting in the room. But as I said, I had this, um, I don't know, gift, and it is a gift, because I, I could have went the other way. You know, I could have been the kid that had mental health or anxiety or, or whatever, you know, that plays out. But the world's different. I was 40 when I found out I had dyslexia, or should I say neurodiverse, and it's great that employers are now employing neurodiverse people. Having dyslexia or a disability is not a disability. It's an ability to do something different. Uh. And and if the world could, if we as a, as a, as a community embrace that, we could certainly have an amazing United Kingdom or, 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 or should I say Scotland or wherever you're listening from. Um, so um, it's an ability, not a disability. And I think um, I can understand in my small way what that feels like. So if somebody says the word test to me, I will literally go blind, stand up and read. I can't. I can't see the words that moves. It's, and it still does it to this day. It still brings anxiety to me to this day. I have a phenomenal team who help me do things. I'm conscious and my team is encouraging me to my spelling's quite bad. So if I write on LinkedIn, I'm, you know, so I'm like, God, you can't spell and she's a CEO. Well, I'm at the stage, I kind of don't care. Because you can now learn my language, <laughs> oh, which well. is a language of disability. So that's where we're kind of heading. Mm -hmm.